Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. All right, everybody, welcome to a very unique and almost psychedelic episode of Business Story of the Week. So we like to cover interesting people, and the guest that we have for you guys today I think is is getting pretty near the top of the list of people that are unique and interesting, not only with the business that they've made, but the change and impact that they're making. So today we've got Paul Austin with us. Paul is a podcaster of the Psychedelics Podcast, uh, but also he's a luminary in the realm of psychedelics. He's not just a voice. He is a beacon guiding countless souls through the uncharted waters of altered consciousness. Paul is the author of the groundbreaking book, Mastering Microdosing, and he's a virtuoso at wielding the power of sub-perpetual psychic subperceptual psychedelics to heal, elevate performance, and metamorphose lives. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. He's not content with mere words on paper. He's built empires. He's the visionary founder of Third Wave, the Psychedelic Coaching Institute. Who even knew that that existed? Paul has orchestrated a symphony of enlightenment that's resonated with millions worldwide. His mission to champion safe and effective psychedelic experiences that catalyze personal and professional growth. He's had features in Forbes, Rolling Stones. He's been on the BBC. Paul's propelled the conversation around psychedelics into the mainstream. And he doesn't just like to talk, he walks the walk. His work has transformed the lives of countless individuals, ushering them towards the ever elusive path of self-discovery. But Paul's not just an advocate, he is a maestro, one of the youngest guys uh, up and coming in the psychedelics and theogen microdosing world. Uh, He's helping others master the art of microdosing. He treats the use of psychedelics as a craft honed through mentorship and fearless exploration, ushering in a new era of self-awareness and professional excellence. In a world where self-discovery and personal growth are paramount, Paul Austin's wisdom shines as a guiding light. Join us as we delve into his insights, learning how to harness his skill and recognizing its pivotal role in humanity's ongoing evolution. Get ready for an electrifying journey into the unknown. You guys won't want to miss a minute of this. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shaheen. That was an incredible intro. So I really appreciate and am very humbled by uh, everything that, uh, that was written there. Thank you. So I know that you and I had been talking previously, and I was in a former life in the world of psychedelics, hallucinogens, entheogens, whatever you want to call them now. And I got out of that in the 90s, and now I'm more in the world of business, business strategy, and that type of thing. That's why the show is called Business Story of the Week. Mm-hmm. But I've seen this grow on the periphery. like it's just become more and more mainstream. So for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about you and your work. 
So when I was 19, probably a similar age to you and you were involved in the, the psychedelic world, I had my first LSD experience. And it was uh, like a moderately high dose of LSD, incredibly transformative. It was at a time when I was trying to make a decision about what I was going to do with my life, with my career, with my profession. You know, I was 19. I was figuring out what I was studying in school. And that experience really gave me a North Star. And that North Star was freedom. Uh, that North Star was unconventionality. Uh, that North Star was even sovereignty, autonomy, right? Being able to live my life as I want to live it. And so at the age of 21, I moved abroad where I, where I taught English for a year in Turkey. And then soon after that, I found myself in Chiang Mai, Thailand um, as a digital nomad, building my first online business, becoming an entrepreneur at the age of 24. And while living in Chiang Mai, I heard about this thing called microdosing uh, after listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast. And I remember back to those early psychedelic experiences that I had. And, you know, for like a week or two after those, I'd always have this, this afterglow effect where life would just feel easy. Uh, the decisions I made uh, were more aligned with who I really wanted to become. I was meditating more often. My relationships felt better. And so I thought, you know, maybe with microdosing, I can elongate that to be not just a week or two after, but indefinitely. And so I started to microdose with LSD uh, in early 2015, had a incredible experience with it. And then soon after that thought, you know, I think a lot of other people could benefit from this. So in September, 2015, almost eight years to the day of recording this episode, I started the third wave uh, as a platform to educate the mainstream uh, about psychedelic use, about microdosing, about preparation and integration, about how effective these tools can be if they are used um, with a certain level of uh, intention, safety, and responsibility. Yeah. So like you got a good chunk of America that's with you. And then there's another chunk of America and, and the world that's like drugs, it's drugs, right? And they, and they, and they categorize and put everything into one field. Now, right. you've been at the forefront of the psychedelics renaissance for a long time. I know you're one of the most well-respected people in your field, especially at your age, being, being a young trailblazer. How have you seen the perception of psychedelics evolve over the years you've been in it? And what do you think is the most significant catalyst for this change? So when I started Third Wave in 2015, psychedelics were still highly stigmatized. A lot of people just saw them as another cocaine or heroin, you know, a highly illegal drug um, that was super harmful and detrimental. And, and what's unfortunate about that is a lot of the stigma, you know, was there for unnecessary reasons. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, in the second wave of psychedelics, there were over a thousand clinical papers published on the efficacy of LSD for everything from alcoholism to end-of-life anxiety to depression, even to addiction. And so what I quickly learned after coming into this space professionally is psychedelics are not like these other highly illegal drugs. Psychedelics are not addictive. They are almost never harmful. In fact, psilocybin mushrooms are the least harmful drug of any drug on the planet. And that includes alcohol, that includes tobacco, legal drugs, right? It's the least harmful of any drug. And so as, you know, more and more people have started to learn about this, and the big catalyst was 2018, when Michael Pollan, 
wrote this book, How to Change Your Mind. It was a number one New York Times bestseller. He was best known for writing this book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, which was also a New York Times bestseller. And when that book came out in 2018, all of a sudden, the, the Overton window, as they call it, shifted, where it's like, oh, psychedelics are now seen as medically useful. They are seen as, you know, not like these other illegal drugs necessarily. And, you know, that book had been built on all the research that had been, you know, carried out by Johns Hopkins and NYU and UCLA and a number of prestigious institutions that were showing, oh, psilocybin can be incredibly helpful. And psilocybin is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. It can be incredibly helpful for depression, addiction, end-of-life anxiety. And as I started to talk about it more and more and more, what I came to realize is there, it's not just people who have these mental health conditions who are interested in psychedelics. It's the leaders, builders, and creators of, of tomorrow. So Steve Jobs is probably the most commonly uh, known one who he says LSD was one of the uh, you know most influential things that he had ever done. Elon Musk. Uh, the the current you know entrepreneur of the moment has been public about his own psychedelic use and how helpful it has been on his own path. So that focus, I think, on how do we shift the consciousness of the leaders and builders of tomorrow through psychedelics, I think, is what is continuing to help accelerate this pace of adoption in the mainstream. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, I think like. Most people have no idea what to expect when they have an experience like that. And, and mushrooms are so, I have to say, unpredictable mm -hmm. that, you know, there's, there's so many different strains and different strengths, which brings me to my next question. So read your book, Mastering Microdosing. Fascinating. And, and in that book, you talk about sub-perceptual psychedelics. Uh, for mm -hmm. healing and personal growth, right? It doesn't sound like people are getting high from microdosing, but they're using it almost like the ultimate biohack. T tell, tell us about that. Tell us to the uninitiated what microdosing even is and why they should consider it. So microdosing is a very low dose of a psychedelic, usually LSD or psilocybin mushrooms, about a tenth of a regular dose. And the idea with microdosing is that it's uh, an amount that you take that you can still navigate your everyday life. So for example, I this morning took a microdose of LSD. And now I'm here, I'm talking with you, we're recording this podcast. As far as I can tell, I'm coming across as coherent. And uh, you know, I'm not necessarily in uh, another world, right? And so the whole idea of microdosing is it's a way we can integrate psychedelic use into our everyday life without having to go on, you know, a 12 hour journey or go to the Amazon for two weeks or, you know, potentially risk a bad trip or challenging experience, uh, you know, by taking a lot of mushrooms. And so what I found is that for those who are new to this, for those who are curious about psychedelics, but maybe a little intimidated about, uh, you know, taking a super high dose, microdosing is a great way to start. It's a, it's a first stepping stone. You know, what we often say is start low and go slow. You can always take more. You can't necessarily take less. And so that's why microdosing has been so helpful for people is, you know, they can, they can take it one step at a time. And I think the other thing that's important to emphasize as part of this is 
microdosing is not, like you said, not to just get high and disassociate and sort of check out. Microdosing has been shown to improve neuroplasticity. It's been shown to improve our mood and our energy. It's been shown to improve our overall cognition. And what's key with microdosing, just like meditation, for example, is that it's done consistently over, let's say, 60 days. So it's not just I take a low dose of a psychedelic one day and poof, my life has changed. It really is I'm doing this two or three times a week for anywhere from 30 to 60 days. And I'm looking at, okay, over the course of a month or two months, how are my relationships improving? How is my energy improving? You know, how is my diet and exercise and sort of lifestyle habits improving? I think that trajectory is important because a lot of people come into psychedelics or even typical pharmaceuticals like, hey, if I take this, it's going to fix my issues. This is a magic pill. My life's going to change overnight. And the truth is that's that's just bullshit, right? Like we have to commit ourselves. We have to commit to the change. Microdosing makes that change easier because of its impact on neuroplasticity because it helps us to learn and adapt faster. But you still have to want to change. And I think that's the important part to emphasize even with something like microdosing. So what's it feel like? You're 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 on acid as we speak. You don't seem like you're on acid. Do you, are there slight perceptual changes? Do you feel uh, wired? Are you are, are your neurons firing? I've never tried LSD, um, but I, I uh, have had a lot of friends who have. What t tell us what you're experiencing right now? So a slightly enhanced sense of smell and touch, a little, a bit of a. Uh, an increased ability to make new associations between things. So even as I'm talking through things with you, I'm able to like, oh, like this is a great example to pull in and this might be a great example to pull in. I feel a little more energetic. So what's interesting about LSD is uh, it, it's a, it acts on the dopamine receptors. And so dopamine from a neurobiologic perspective is tied to focus, attention, and energy. Whereas mushrooms are more serotonergic, serotonin, and serotonin mm. is more tied to contentment, presence, right? Even somatics, the emotional body. So whenever I take LSD, it's because I'm doing some level of public speaking. I want to be more creative. I might have some things that I have to get done, but it's not so overwhelming that I like have to check out and, you know, lay down for a few hours. So I, I kind of, because I've been doing this for eight years now, I know my sweet spot based on my intention for the day. And so when we talk about even mastering the art of microdosing, a lot of it is knowing that. What's your intention for the day? What's your intention for the week? What's your intention for the month? And how can psychedelics act as an ally in helping to create that for you? Can you drive? I could drive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I won't go on the record as saying that I'm going to drive today, but right. I will say when I lived in Thailand and, uh, you know, I was driving a scooter everywhere, I would do it on 20 mics of LSD, which is about a microdose and had no problems whatsoever doing it. It's fascinating. I mean, the whole thing is fascinating, right? Like, uh, you know, we, you and me were talking earlier. I used to, for a period of time during the 90s, hang out with people from that field and uh, I remember talking to one of the uh, other luminaries in the field, uh, Terrence McKenna. And Terrence was a really interesting dude. And I was talking to him about how, like, when you look at society, you look at history, like, there's so much that doesn't make sense. 
and then you look at what they had in those areas, right? Like, so in, in Thailand, obviously they had lots of like mushrooms growing. You look at the Middle East where they had Syrian rue, which uh, is a MAOI uh, inhibitor, right? So you just mix that with some type of tryptamine and you get something like ayahuasca and then you have like uh, the Islamic patterns and like the Islamic carpets and, you know, the the story of the magic carpet ride. And, and you look back through even like the Salem witch trials, right? That was uh, ergot and and all these other uh, types of uh, hallucinogens. And then something clicks and you're like, man, it, it kind of makes sense. There's There's something there, and I don't know what it is, but in the story of humanity where these substances must have played a role. You ever think about that? I mean, uh, a, a very significant role. Terrence McKenna would talk about the stoned ape theory that our ancient hominid ancestors, as they're walking across the the ancient, you know, savanna grasslands of Africa, would take these small amounts of mushrooms because microdosing helps to improve visual acuity. And if you can see better, then you're more likely to survive because you can hunt better. Right. And so not only in terms of ancient evolution, but even if you look at more modern times, the ancient Greeks had something called the Eleusinian Mysteries, uh, which Plato and Aristotle and Cicero and all Pythagoras, all of these really well-known influential Greek thinkers and philosophers attended these Eleusinian Mysteries. And of course, what are they take in the Eleusinian Mysteries? A beverage called kaikion. Kaikion is made from ergot, the same thing that LSD is made from. And so there's this really interesting way in which LSD has come back now into our modern lives as a way, I think, to help save us from ourselves, right? The, the, the most common experience that people have when they, when they take psychedelics, whether it's at a low dose or even a higher dose, especially a higher dose, is this connection to nature, connection to the earth, mm. connection to something greater, right? And so a lot of us have, you know, we live in cities, we live in urban environments, we feel totally disconnected from it. And so this sort of hippie cliche has underpinnings, right? It has some level of truth mm. that the way these have been used for thousands and thousands of years is to help us remember that we are interconnected with our environment, with our natural uh, context, our natural set and setting. And the more we remember that, the better we take care of ourselves, uh, the healthier we eat, the better we take care of our environment. So there's, and that's of course, the whole concept of the third wave of psychedelics is the first wave was the indigenous use, the ancient use of these plant medicines for thousands and thousands of years. Most people don't know that we as humans have been working with these for for potentially tens of thousands of years. And the second wave is the counterculture, science, research. And the third wave is looking at how do we bring these two together? How do we bring together ritual, ceremony, uh, nature with science, precision, uh, skillfulness, and find the middle path between those two to create, um, you know, a very healthy and informed dialogue around psychedelics. I love that, man. And, you know, look, I think I'm, I don't espouse the use of anything. I think people should right. do their own research and, and make their own decisions, right? I don't think anything should be illegal. But, and, and I talk to people on an entrepreneurship standpoint most of the times, business, business strategy. I'm not convinced that it makes you be a better business person, but I'll tell you one thing that I am convinced it does 
is I think it definitely opens a part of your mind that wasn't opened before. Like I think Terrence used to say like going to your death without having a, a psychedelic experience is like going to your death without ever having sex. Uh, and I thought that that was a, a really interesting comment that I thought was, was probably true. Now for people who are using psychedelics uh, as a uh, tool to improve themselves. Uh, and I know you mentioned earlier that it's, it's very unlikely that anybody abuses the psychedelics they, that you're using, especially in, in those micro amounts. Uh, I know that you've started this company third wave and third wave, particularly the coaching Institute, you've educated thousands of people about the, or, may, or maybe educated millions of people about the importance of safe and effective use of psychedelics, how you, you harness that and, and use it responsibly. Tell us more about third wave, how people can get involved. If somebody is a coach, if somebody is a trainer of people, if somebody is a, a Silicon Valley training exec, and they're like, Hey, everybody wants to get into this. How do I become certified? How do, how do people engage with third wave? How do people get a hold of you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Um, of course, outside of your your super cool book, Mastering Microdosing. So, you know, first of all, for any coaches and practitioners who are out there, if you want to learn about how to weave in psychedelics as a modality, I look at it as a modality, just like breath work, just like 360 assessments, just like, you know, somatic, whatever, whatever the modality is. A lot of coaches are now into parts work. If you want to weave psychedelics in as modality, uh, go to the Psychedelic Coaching Institute, uh, which is psychedeliccoaching.institute. And we have a practitioner training program that is specifically for executive coaches, holistic health coaches, and life and relationship coaches. So if you're interested in working with psychedelics in that way, I recommend that. If you're an entrepreneur, or a founder yourself or someone in a leadership position who wants to work with psychedelics and you're looking for a coach or a guide within that, I also have uh, a few spots available for one-to-one -one coaching um, for clients. So if that's you and you're interested in working at the highest level to become a better leader, to become a better creator, then I would encourage you to reach out. And if you're just someone who is generally curious, you want to learn a little bit more, uh, you know, you can just go to Third Wave, thethirdwave.co. We have a free community. We have our own podcast, the Psychedelic Podcast. We have a newsletter we send out every week. And just stay in touch with us there and take a look at the website and just start to learn more about this uh, really incredibly important topic. Yeah, that's amazing. I think the point that I was trying to make earlier is that I'm not sure it'll make you a business, a better business person, and no one's going to guarantee that doing this stuff will make you more creative. But the thing that I'm pretty sure everybody can guarantee is that it will make your life more interesting and definitely make things a lot stranger. I don't know why. Every time psychedelics get involved in any situation, you realize – so as humans, I think we have a tendency to want everything to be predictable, everything right. to be organized and safe, but the world doesn't work that way, right? The world is chaotic. The world is, is, is unpredictable. And I think part of my experience after years of trying to translate my experience with hallucinogens, I've come to the, to the realization that a lot of it is just 
understanding how to be okay with that uncertainty. And a lot of that takes work and, and, and very possibly what you're doing could be an accelerator uh, for people wanting to accelerate those learnings and, and get involved in that. Um, well, that I mean, that's what's so key as an entrepreneur. You got to learn to adapt. You got to learn to to go into the unknown and go into uncertainty. And psychedelics are a great training ground for learning how to just surrender into that and and approach things as they are, not as we wish they were. Wow! All right, it's dropping bombs here. That's amazing. Okay, so guys, check out thirdwave.co. Make sure to uh, listen to the Psychedelics podcast. That's a really uh, low-stakes way to start getting involved in this, listening to people's experience, people's stories, uh, and getting involved in this stuff, embracing uncertainty and getting more comfortable in your own skin through all types of things. But most importantly, I think just just being open-minded. Anytime I meet people who have taken hallucinogens, and, and this, this, this goes for... I think I think across the board, but it doesn't go for anybody who's done drugs. But anyone who's actually experienced hallucinogens, I can say that person, I can probably hang with them because they got an open mind. They're open enough to exploring something that a lot of people on the planet wouldn't do. So I, I really commend you for your work. Uh, really a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. We'll include links to the psychedelic podcast by Third Wave. You guys can listen to that on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, if you guys want to learn how to become a psychedelics microdosing coach, uh, take part of Third Wave or Paul's program, make sure again to check out thir thethirdwave.co. Make sure to include T-H-E in the beginning, thethirdwave.co spelled out. We'll include it in the show notes. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Shane. All right, so here's the thing. We try to get a little bit better every day, but we can't do it without you. So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.